I want to start tonight in the book of Timothy. 1 Timothy 4. Paul is telling this young evangelist some things that are going to happen. And in verse 1 he says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter, de- latter times, that's I believe now, some will depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. I want to talk tonight about these deceiving spirits because I believe that the church in America has been deceived. And you wonder how in the world can... Can it happen? Can so many people fall prey, fall victim to such foolishness that goes on in the house of God across this land? And we're going to find out why. To start, I want to go to Genesis 3. Marcia and I have been watching on Netflix a, a series on World War II. My gosh, and it's, uh, I don't think it's supposed to be graphic, but it is very, very graphic. And you wonder how in the world can this happen? Well, in verse 1 in chapter 3 of Genesis, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning, or he was just a slick rascal. That he was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? All this documentation on the wars, there are some wars where in a week's time there would be a hundred thousand men die. Isn't that amazing? In a, in a week, a hundred thousand men, and you think, how in the world did we ever get to this place when you start uh, reading about Hitler and Stalin and Mussolini, and they, they, these are guys who are just full of themselves, wanting to, to conquer the world and make a name for themselves. But all these, it would show in the trenches, sometimes uh, hundreds of thousands, just bodies. Think, how in the world can this happen? It it happened because someone one day said, has God said? And someone bid on what he had to say. And that's why everything is going on today like it's going on. Because someone questioned, has God said? And today, here we are 6,000 years later, And people are still saying, did God really say? He really did. He really did. There's some things God says in his word. And everything that he says means something. And it means something important or it wouldn't be in there. Even things we don't like. You like everything in there? I don't. I don't. But it's in there for a reason. And, and the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, That's not true. You're not going to die. What is going on today? The word of God is still being refuted. That's not true. I mean, you, you can't believe that. You don't really believe that stuff, do you? Uh, There was a thing on Facebook about 20. You knew you were a kid from the 60s if you remember when. And uh, one of the things they said was drinking water out of a garden hose because we did it and we still lived. Uh, Riding without seatbelts, although I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, We didn't have them. But one of their things they said was spanking. And they said, you know, we know now that, that spanking is... Psychologists have determined that that just hurts children emotionally too much. 
I said, you can tell this is, this is so worldly. Because it does not line up with the Word of God. The Word of God says, you crack those kids. You don't beat them. If you look at the body, there's a place that is really padded. That's where children need cracked. But His, his Word works. God's Word works. And when we go against God's Word, nothing good happens. Verse 5 says, for, the, for God knows that in that day, this is a serpent talking, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. And the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Isn't that amazing? If you go back to chapter 1, at the end of chapter 1 and 24, it says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his flesh, and they shall become one flesh. Joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked. The man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. They've always been naked. But now it said, now they knew they were naked. I'm telling you, sin changes how we see things. Sin changes how we see God. You're going to see it here. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden, then the Lord God said to Adam, called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you you were naked? He'd been naked his whole life. But now all of a sudden, sin comes because someone said, Has God really said? And look how it has just changed his idea, not only about himself, but about God. I know God hates me. I know God's, he can forgive everyone else, but I don't think God can forgive me. That's what sin does to you. And the enemy be right in your ear telling you that. God hates you. If anyone knew what you did, you wouldn't have any friends. I want to tell you what, if anyone knew what all of us did, none of us would be here. I'm so thankful for the blood of Jesus. Because the Bible says if we, keep, if we keep the whole law, everything in there, and we just commit one sin, he said, we're guilty of everything. So I say thank God for the cross. Because the cross takes care of all of our sins. Oh my gosh. When I heard the good news, I jumped on that wagon right now. So you're kidding me. I can know I'm going to heaven. All the years I went to school, no one ever told me. In church, what, what in the world? I knew, we had a cross and Jesus was on the cross. But no one told me what he did while he was there. Oh my gosh. It's no wonder it's called good news. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? And the man said, what every man says. It was her. It was her. And following tradition, she said, the Lord God said to the woman, what's this you've done? And the woman said, it's a serpent. And the blame game still goes on it. Everything is always someone else's fault. This is the society we're in. That's why you can't spank kids in school. When we, when we were in school, the Board of Education had a whole different meaning. Because in every classroom, there was a board hanging up there, and most of them had holes drilled in them. How many remember that? You know, go ahead, tell on yourself. And I'll tell you what, it, and the deal was in my house, Dad say, if you get spanked at school, he told the teachers, you let me know if you got to spank him, and when he comes home, he's going to get another one worse than what he got at school. It didn't kill us. We're here. We're here. And you know what? When, when, when Dad wanted our attention, 
He didn't have to say, hey, you, all dad had to do was go. And we stopped whatever we were doing. We knew. But now we've become smarter than God. Hath God said, yeah, God said there is foolishness bound up in the heart of a child, and the rod of correction will drive it far from him. But we want to reason. Who in the world in their right mind is going to reason with a two-year-old? It is funny. All because someone said, has God said? Has God, has God said this? Is, I mean, all the, all, we check messages on our phones. There's people check their messages. They're on their phone the whole time during a service. Can you imagine what would happen if we check God's message to us? As often as we check them on our phone? God's got a great message. He has a great message. There's so much power in this word. And I tell you, has God said, and the answer is yes, he said it, and he meant it. Now, we've been uh, politely, a few years ago, we were kicked out of the psych ward at the hospital. We... We probably went there 15 years. We would take turns every Sunday. Usually somebody different went. And I was always amazed when we would go in that psych ward, how many people in the psych ward, when you ask how many people know Christ, a lot of times all of them would. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How long have you been saved? Oh, I was, I was real young. You know the Lord. Yes, I do. Yes, he's my Lord and Savior. How often do you read his word? And it is it's a, a, the same answer across the board. Not like I should. Not like I should. I said, I want to tell you something. I told them all. I said, you. And I would look right in the camera. How many of you remember they had the camera shine right on you? I'd say, you do not have a chemical imbalance. You have a spiritual imbalance. Need to get the Word of God inside of you every day. It will change you. No matter where you've been, what you've gone through, this Word of God, it gets down inside of you and it does stuff and it does good stuff. Look at Hebrews 4, verse 12. It says, For the Word of God is living and powerful. Can you say amen to that? It is still living no matter how long you've been saved, no matter how long you read, you pick it up and you find something new. It's living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We need our thoughts discerned. Because there is someone who hates you. And he'll tell you that God hates you. He'll tell you you've gone too far. No one likes you. Even God hates you. You need to know when you hear that voice, that is not your father in heaven. My father growing up, he did correct me. But whenever he spanked me, I never thought it was the guy across the street. I knew who it was. Because my father loved me. He cared enough to discipline us. Our Father cares enough to discipline us. But I want to tell you, your Father in heaven doesn't hate you. Matter of fact, He loves you with an everlasting love, because that's what the Word says. God said that. Yea, hath God said? Yes, He has. He has said that. I love you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness I have drawn you. That's our God. That's our Father in heaven. Not what the enemy wants you to hear. But you get this word inside of you, and when those thoughts come that God hates you, everyone hates you, he'll never forgive you, that does not line up. You have the word of God inside of you. Said, oh, no, that's not what the Bible says. There's so, this word is so rich. I love the word of God. 
My uh, Sunday school class, I, I love the adult Sunday school class because all we've ever done as long as it has been in existence, which is, I don't know, 25 years now, is study the Word of God. We don't have any other books in there. We just simply go through the Bible. We go through the Word of God. Everyone has a chance to talk, to ask questions. We don't have the answers. We just look them up. We dig till we find them. Because I want to tell you what the answer for everything we need to do is found in the Word of God. Everything. Your situation does not perplex God. He said, you, you find the hidden man and look in here. The answers are in here. For every problem we have, whether it's finances or kids or marriage or whatever, it's found in the Word of God. Listen to this, Psalm 119, verse 11. Many of you know this scripture. Probably recite it without even looking it up. You finish it for me. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's how powerful the word of God is. You get it down inside of you and I, it changes us. How about this one? How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to the Word of God. It, it does stuff. There's something that happens. I can't explain it. I know that it's just a book. It's pages. It's ink on here. But there's something about when I read and I meditate on this Word, there's something that happens. I can't even feel it happening. A lot of times I'll read the Word of God and I don't feel any different than when I started. But I know there's something that's happening. Because this word is powerful. It is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's discerning my thoughts. Aren't you glad there's something discerning your thoughts? Because have you ever found out that your thoughts aren't good? To have this word in our hearts so we don't sin against them, because the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Unless you have a different heart than mine, and, and I don't think you do. Now, everyone can hear my voice, right? Okay. So we can hear. Listen to this. You're hearing the Word of God. James says, But be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So it does us no good at all if we, don't, if we hear this, but we don't do what it says. We, we can have the knowledge. You, you can know, if you don't now, you can know that the speed limit right out, is, right out there is 45. You get beyond the four-way, if you can make it through that gauntlet, then it's 55. But if you forget, and you're still doing 55 in a 45, I have heard, that there's someone who will give you a reminder. I mean, I, I'm just guessing. I do know that for a fact because I've had one of them pleasurable things going too fast. I know what the speed limit is, but I was exceeding. didn't do me any good to know it because I wasn't adhering to what it said. And so it is true with the Word of God. We can... You can quote the Bible inside and out, but if you're not doing what it says, there's going to be a penalty. So we want to be doers of the word. Isaiah 26.3 says, For thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Doesn't say he'll keep you in perfect health. It says he'll keep you in perfect peace. Perfect peace, this peace that passes understanding. When you meditate on God's word, he gives, there's something that happens. It is supernatural. What is on your lap, what I'm telling you right now is supernatural. This is a supernatural book. It is God-breathed instructions. I love the word of God. We know that Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing. 
and hearing the Word of God. Right now, what is going on is even though you can't feel this, this God-breathed Word is producing faith inside of you. Do you feel any different? I, I come and go, I don't feel any different. But we don't walk by feelings, we walk by faith. And this Word is producing faith inside of you and I. Right now. That's what it's doing. I don't feel any different. You don't look any different either. But the Word of God says it's producing faith inside of you and I because we're hearing the Word of God. That's why the enemy has taken this down every building he can in America. That's why the Ten Commandments are no longer up there. Because there's so much conviction that comes just from seeing and reading the Word of God. I'm amazed at the power that there is in the Word of God. When I was just a, a young man, uh, I, would, I would take my six-pack of Millers, and I would go to uh, the backwaters of Dillon by Pete Miller's junkyard. Anyone know where I'm talking about? Yeah, and there's a little church down there. At least there used to be. I haven't been down there for years. But there used to be a church there, and I would walk by with my fishing pole, my tackle box, my six-pack, and all I know was on the door, right beside the door, it had this sign that said, Matthew 6.33. I was an unsaved man, but I will tell you, one of the gifts we got for our wedding was a Bible. And I came home, I got in that Bible, I had to find out what that Matthew 6.33 said. It said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I thought, wow, whoever put that up or had no idea. Maybe they did of what they were doing. But it just intrigued me. It fascinated me. I had to find out. And even though I was unsaved, I never forgot what Matthew 6.33 said. And so I get saved. And later on, uh, I find out that my grandpa uh, got saved before he died, which made more sense because on his headstone, it says... Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That word evidently did not return void in his life either. I love the word of God. I, I've heard people say, well, I, I don't have time to read. Liar, liar, pants on fire. That's all I got to say. Well, I forgot. How, tell me this. How many of you, like for a week, forget to eat? How about a day? Has anyone actually just, oh my gosh, I knew I was going to do something. I was going to eat. That's it. I'm thinking about what I'm going to eat when I get out of here already. I'm serious, Carol. I'm thinking about it. So, if this is something we got to have every day. We've, we've got to meditate on God's Word every day. It's how we grow. Matthew 17. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could not we cast him out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, Move from here to there, 
and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. He didn't say if you have faith as a mustard tree. He said if you've just got faith, it's, I, I'm fascinated how often faith and the seed are compared to one another in the Word of God. He said if, it's just a seed. And, and what is a seed made to do? It's made to grow. So our faith is made to grow. Look at uh, Mark 4. Verse 1 says, And again he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into the boat, he sat on the sea, sat in and on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside. And the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But... Other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced. Some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it's been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables so that seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. You can thank God. We are in a church where the sower is sowing the Word. The Word. Every week we hear the Word. It's being sown. This seed is being sown. It's meant to be growing in our lives. The seed you hear should be growing. Matter of fact, the Word of God says, it's going, if it falls on good soil, it'll produce 30-fold at the worst. At the worst. Worst case scenario, this word falls on your heart and my heart on good soil, 30-fold's a minimum. It's going to increase. That's pretty darn good. That's the worst. Could be 60, could be 100. These are the ones by the wayside where the seed is sown. When they hear Satan comes... When? What's in your Bible? Immediately. That's why when you're hearing the Word of God, you're thinking about bills, and you're thinking about school, and you're thinking about work, you're thinking about your marriage, you're thinking about everything else. Because the enemy wants this seed. He knows the potential that is in this Word. He knows. That's why your mind will be wandering, you'll be doing this, you'll be doing that. You'll be doing everything but listening to the Word of God because the enemy says, we've got to get that seed. If it germinates, we're in trouble. If it, if it grows, the worst that's going to happen is 30-fold. We can't have this. Make them sick. Make their stomach hurt. He'll do anything. Make one of the kids sick. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, 
immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. That's why the enemy is doing what he's doing to you right now. He's trying to choke out this word. There's coming forth even as we speak. There's such spiritual warfare going on right now. You and I would be astonished if God could open up our eyes right now and we could just see all the demons that are trying to steal the word that is being preached. Because he knows, oh my gosh, if, this on, if it falls on good soil, we are in trouble. 30-fold is the worst. But what happens? The cares of this world. She's thinking, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get home. Uh, you like me? I can't. What am I going to have to eat? And I wish I could say it was just this service I do that. I'm already at Wendy's in the morning. Pastor's preaching and I'm thinking, yes, sir, give me that number seven. Don't put any junk on it. I'm just telling you my heart. You know, because the enemy, he wants, he wants when Pastor Joe is preaching, he wants that word he's preaching because he knows, the enemy knows if it falls on good soil in my life, it's going to bring forth fruit. Oh, yeah, we're all made of the same stuff. That's seven rocks. But it can't be compared to the Word of God. That's why the Word of God says, You desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. This word causes growth. You cannot grow without the word of God. You can, be, you can have longevity. You can be years in God. But without the word, you will have no growth. You will be like a little toddler. I say we're going to be like our grandson who was just born Friday. But I told Amber she did not have a baby. She had a man child. I think he came out with his driver's permit. He is a, he is a strapping boy. He's a big kid. These are the ones sown on good ground who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Therefore, be ye hearers, of, doers of the word and not hearers only. They hear the word and they accept it. That's the doer of the word. He said, if you do the word, this word is going to produce fruit in your life. 30, 60, and 100 fold. And I'll tell you what, some, it's very seldom that we want to do the word. Because it goes against this carnal nature. We were talking about discipline the other day. And God just says spank your kids. That's what he says. Spank your kids. It, I, I hear so many people say, well, you know, that, that was in the Old Testament. Whenever someone finds something they don't like, they say, well, that's in the Old Testament. L listen to this. 28, Proverbs 28. Next time someone tells you that, I want you to remind them of this scripture. Well, that was in the Old Testament. Proverbs 28, verse 9 says, He, one who turns away his ear... From hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. That's a strong scripture. Well, that's in the Old Testament. God, please help me. God's going. Because it's all God's word. It is all God's word from beginning to end. Look at Isaiah 55. Talk about the seed and the sower. Isaiah 55, verse 10 says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud. Why? That it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. The word again being compared to the seed. He says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. 
It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God said, that's what my word's going to do. It's not going to return void. So I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, uh, a pastor or someone else be preaching, saying you need to share your faith with someone. You need to talk to someone. Well, I, I can't. I'm just not like that. I don't know what to tell them. You, you sow the word. Sow the seed. You can't go wrong when you sow the word. You cannot go wrong. Isn't it amazing after all these years, 6,000 years, it's still infallible. It's still infallible. If there's no fault in it, it's absolutely perfect and true. Whether or not you understand it, whether or not you agree with it, it is absolutely right. Second Timothy three. Verse sixteen says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We, listen, we're in a day, no one wants to be rebuked. No one wants reproof. No one wants to be told they're wrong. And God have mercy on you if you're the one at school, you're a teacher at school, and you have to tell a mother or father that their child is wrong. In my day, maybe it's just a testament of my life growing up, but I, I'm telling you, mom and dad never questioned it. I mean, they, they didn't say, oh, no, you can't be making that up about our little Brucey. <laughs> that never happened. Matter of fact, I think a, a, a stranger walking by could say something, I'd be in trouble. Oh, no, he would never do that. I never heard that, ever. You know why? Because they knew me. They knew me. Listen, we're, we're in a day now that, that the opposite goes on. Oh, no, not, not my child. They, they would never talk like that. And you, you do not want to mess with a mother who believes that her kid's right. It's no wonder a few, few people work at nursery. I mean, have you ever seen a mother's anger when dad's, you don't have to worry about dad messing with the dad, but you better stay away from mom. Mothers, you should be amening this because you're guilty as charged. Mothers are the worst because you believe the best in your kids, right? It's good for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I've got a 19-year-old in my class. And uh, he's been dating the same girl for five years. So I said, so, like, when, when are you going to get married? He said, oh, I don't, I don't know. I said, yeah, don't you ever think about having kids? Oh, he said, oh, yeah, we're going to have kids. So probably going to have a couple kids to make sure it's going to work out, and then we're going to get married. I said, isn't that kind of backwards? No. No. No, it's all right. And if I told you his family history, you would have a clearer understanding of why he thinks like that. Because he's had no instruction in righteousness. None. None the, with, God is a God of order. So you do this first, and then that, and then that. It can be done. It can be done. God blesses it. I mean, the, 
the world has made a mockery of, of marriage. Marriage is still fun. You can be married 42 years and still be in love. You can. Listen, this, this still works. This still works. God's word does not return void. You got a problem in your marriage? Here's the answer. Look, some, somewhere along the line, we, we've decided that we should agree on everything or we don't have a good marriage. Oh, my gosh. I mean, anyone that knows Marsha and I know that we're absolute opposites. We're, we're no, we love each other, but we still don't agree on everything. I mean, occasionally she'll get a right mind and come around, but we just agreed that we're not going to agree on everything. It's not going to happen. I still love what that one preacher said, the two, the two become one, they go on the honeymoon and find out which one. It's work, is it not? But if it's done according to the Word of God, it works. It works, and it can still be, make your marriage not just tolerable, but sweet. God's work, that's what God wants. That's, we're, we're to grow together. If I, there's no way I can go wrong if my, in my marriage. If I love Marcia as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. She'll always love me. It's too quiet in here. I'm telling you, God's word works. There's instruction for righteousness, instructions for marriage. This works. This will keep you from being a statistic. Is my mic on? This works. It does. Relationships inside here. Do them according to the word of God. There's, there's a way to resolve problems. Because we're different. I mean, this is for a whole nother message about the different parts of the body. We're all different. Aren't you glad we're different? I mean, the only way it could be poss possibly be good is if everyone was like me, but... We're not, right? And now what we think? Why can't they just? Why can't we all get along? Well, because we're all different. I mean, your children come from the same set of parents, so they always get along. Yeah, ours never agreed. I mean, they probably have, but that's what kids do when they're little, right? You set two beside each other, and he touched me, right? Oh, worse than that, he looked at me. She looked at me. Why would she want to? It's what we do. But with God and with God's Word, you go through the bumps of life. And I'll tell you what, when I first got saved, they were like this. They, they were potholes. But as you grow in Christ... The potholes aren't quite as deep. And you'll have periods where it actually level out. Then you might hit a pothole again. But you do it with the Word of God. And most of your traveling together will be a pretty smooth ride. But you lay this down and the potholes appear again. And then all of a sudden, it's out of control. It's just like this because this works. It works. I would encourage you, if you have laid this down, ask God, give me a hunger and give me a discipline for your word. Let it be important to me again, Lord. Because those who leave, come and go, this gets laid down. And if you lay this down and there's nothing discerning your thoughts, I promise you, you will be convinced everybody hates you.
No one likes me there. How come I don't get a thing? I've never asked that question. I know that answer. A man's gift will make room for him. Pastor says, no room, Bruce. No room. Sorry. I want to read one more scripture to you and then we'll go. Joshua. Joshua 1, verse 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving you them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses... So I'll be with you. Wouldn't that be a great thing to have said to you by God Almighty? I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Why? That you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. Why? That you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Then, meditate on this word day and night. He said, then you're going to be prosperous. Then you'll succeed. Then you will. Don't turn from the, to the right. Don't turn to the left. Remember Jesus said, narrow is the way which leads to life, and few there be that find it. few. It's found right here in the Word. Now, when I got saved, I got saved, my mother had been sick with cancer. And mom died at 49. She was diagnosed when she was 45. That's pretty darn young. And I, I remember seeing her in a hospital, all six of us kids and dad were up there. And, and I remember thinking to myself, there's got to be something more to life than living and dying and drinking. There, ha there has to be something more than what we're doing because this isn't working for me. And then uh, in the spring of 1982, uh, I drank my last beer on Easter Sunday and shortly thereafter got saved well mom died in 83 mom died March 15th of 83 and in May our second oldest was diagnosed with leukemia and I thought my world was crashing down all four walls were coming in Mom wasn't going two months, and now uh, Benny has leukemia. I said, God, what are you doing? But I am so thankful that God allowed me to walk through the fire. Because she showed me young, you take this every day. Children's hospital, I'd bury my nose in this thing. Just a young baby Christian said, God, this is making no sense to me. And they say, seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read you find 
get in, bury your face in this thing. And I did. And I'm telling you, God calls growth. He calls growth. I started, things started making sense to me. Uh, my situation did not change. I prayed for him to be healed. We prayed hard. We prayed and fasted. He, he did not get healed. He died at six years old. And you know what I found? This still works. This still works. You hang on to this. You bury your nose in this every day. And whatever happens, I'm telling you, God will get you through it. No matter what your marriage looks like, your finances look like, your health looks like, your situation looks like, the answer is here, church. This is where it's at. It's in here somewhere. God won't tease you with it. You open it. You find, you start. I love the book of Psalms. Psalms just are full of praise. You start reading that, and there is something. It's like there's this little spark, and you start reading the Word of God, and someone's going, the blowing on the coals, and all of a sudden there's a fire thing. Yeah. Yeah. Has your situation changed? No. Most of the time, it's not our situation needs changed. It's us. You want to grow? You want to grow close to God? It is not going to happen without this. This is how you grow. God's Word. Make time for it. Instead, what happens is we eat once a week. This is the meal we get. And not only we complain about the food, we don't like the cook either and we don't tip the waiter. You got to eat more than once a week, church. I would encourage you, whether you're young and you got kids, whether you're an old goat like me, you fight for your time in this. Make time, day and night. I've never, ever ran into anyone who would meditate on this Word of God and said, I wish I wasn't doing that. It's just not working for me. Because it works. It will not return void. Oh, God will make you wise. There's wisdom right here. He'll make you wise, church. He'll show you how you need to answer people to give them a hope of what's inside of you. Give God's word to people. I remember one day I was talking to an uncle of mine who got saved, who, whose life was much similar to mine, grew up in a drinking family. And uh, Uncle Marv was, uh, he probably set a record for DUIs and time in jail. More, I think more than any of Mom's brothers. He probably had most of them. Maybe Uncle George, I don't know. But anyway, he got saved. He got saved. Now, I'm just a young boy in high school. And we go over to Grandma's after Mass and my Uncle Marv now, instead of a beer, has a Bible. Oh, he upset the apple cart. You would think people would just be delighted to see he's he all cleaned up, he looked nice. Oh, no, it, it, there was an uproar in the family. And I still remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, he looked me right in the eye, right across Grandma's table, and he said, Bruce, you must be born again to enter the gates of heaven. I'm so glad he said that. Those words never left me. Never left me. Now, I think they, you know, mom and dad wasn't happy with them because as we was walking down the, aisle, down the hallway leaving there, they were just saying to each other, he's, he's crazy, he's going off the deep end. And I, No one could tell me he was 
off the deep end. He looked so good. He had such a different look about him. Had a light coming out of his eyes, even though at the time I didn't know what it was. And he was responsible for, I believe, changing the entire family. God used him in such a powerful way. And I'm here to tell you tonight, no matter what you've done, that God's word says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what God does. So it says in Isaiah 1.18, Come, let us reason together. Though our sins be as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. It's all part of the new covenant. He said, that's part of the covenant. I'm going to write my laws into their hearts and in their minds. And their sins and their iniquities, I'm remember no more. You understand, when God sees me, he does not see a sinner. He sees me as sinless. Because he sees me through the blood. We read about it in the Passover, about the Passover in Exodus 12. He says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. He sees that blood of his son when he sees me. He passes over me. That's, that's why this gospel, the word means good news. Who wouldn't want that? First time I heard the gospel message, I said, Yes! Sign me up. You mean I can know? I can know I'm going to heaven? Because I, I was just told you just did the best you could. One day hope that the good outweighed the bad. And I believed that the good outweighed the bad in my life. The law chased us five, six times a week. Uh, yet I still believed, yeah, oh, I'm all right though. Not quite that bad. Not as bad as them other guys. Isn't that what we do? But oh my gosh, when Jesus rescued my soul. And he's still in the business. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God has brought you here to save you. I can tell you that without question. I don't even have to wonder. God has made a divine appointment for you to be here so that you can know you're going to heaven. It all starts. The Word of God says God's not willing that there. Any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Not all, all come to church. We've got to come to repentance. Repentance is a turning away. That's the beginning of being born again. You turn away from your sins. You ask God to forgive you. Turn away. Say, God, forgive me. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. Invite me in. Invite him in to be Lord of your life. He will live inside of you. And he will lead you into all truth. I don't know why anyone wouldn't want saved. This is the best life there is. I don't miss hangovers. Haven't had one since 1982. But don't miss them. I, I don't miss sticking my head in a public restroom. In a toilet. Uh... Not just once. Listen, the thief comes but to steal, to kill and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. If the thief has stolen and you bought into the lie, God says, I'll restore the years to you that the canker worm, the palmer worm, and the locust and the caterpillar have eaten. I'll restore them back to you. You come to me. He said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you. Let's stand, please. you got some music. You can go ahead and put it on, please. I'll, I'll just tell you this. If you're here tonight and you don't know Christ, you just simply need to come. There's a lot of people here who will introduce you to him. He's a great God. 
No man can serve two masters. And I'm going to tell you, the other one's not nice. The one I'm serving now is much nicer. He's come to give me life, give to me more abundantly. So if you're here tonight, you don't know Christ, your name is not written in the book of life, you can leave here knowing you're going to heaven. You can know that. Because the Spirit of God will bear witness that you are a child of God. If you'll come, confess Him before men, ask Him to come, ask Him to forgive you of your sins, He will make you whiter than snow. It's a great life. If you don't know Him, these altars are open. If you don't, you know in church you've laid down that word, I would invite you to come up and you ask God, give me a hunger Give me a discipline to get in your word every day that I might grow thereby.